Welcome to the Manifestation Bay podcast. My name is Katherine Zinkina, and I'm a manifestation expert, master mindset coach, and multiple seven-figure entrepreneur. I'm obsessed with helping you achieve everything that you once thought was impossible. If you're looking to massively up-level your life, your finances, your relationships, your productivity and success, then you have come to the right place. My goal in this podcast is to help you see the infinite potential within yourself to be, do, and have anything that your heart desires. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of mindset development to help you maximize who you are and where you're going. Leave it to me to provide you with the tools, the resources, the strategies, and teachings that you need to manifest a reality wilder than your wildest dreams. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. I can't believe it's been almost two years since I've last hosted a live training. Well, consider this a manifestation because for the first time in almost two years, I'm hosting a live three-day money manifestation training called Cashflow. And the best part, it's absolutely free to join. We're going to be talking all about raising your financial set point, taking your power back when it comes to money so that it no longer has its hold on you, having money respond to you as the sovereign queen of money, not the other way around, becoming wealthy without frying your nervous system, the exact steps to accessing financial abundance for life, and so much more. You can sign up for this free training at manifestationbabe.com slash cashflow. Again, that's manifestationbabe.com slash cashflow. We start May 15th, and I can't wait to see you there. Hello, my beautiful souls, and welcome back to another episode of the Manifestation Babe podcast. This time in this episode, I'm bringing to you intimacy, sensuality, and sexuality experts as well as so many other amazing things, Amy Batuski and Ellie Montgomery, who just so happen to also be my really good friends that I'm obsessed with hanging out with. I'm talking five hour long brunches where we are literally surprised the waiter has not kicked us out yet. (laughs) In this episode, we are diving deep into your biggest questions around pleasure, desire, orgasm, healing your relationship to the masculine, no longer hating men, learning to ask for what you want, sex after having a baby, and so much more. Amy Batuski and Ellie Montgomery are pleasure and intimacy experts committed to women living turned on, connected, and satisfying lives. They've worked side by side with some of the top sexuality and intimacy teachers in the world. These women are the millennial authorities in the global wide movement of the new feminine. Fuck yeah, we love that. Through their retreats, programs, and international sisterhood community, they've taught thousands of women how to create wild, confident intimacy, hot sex, and fulfilling relationships. I'm telling you, when I met these two girls in one of my programs that I was taking from someone else, um, they were students of the same program, I met up with them one random evening. I came over to their Airbnb that they were at in Los Angeles for, I don't know, a couple of nights or something like that. And I remember walking in at like 5 p.m. and leaving at midnight. You guys, my bedtime's like 9 p.m. I, I don't stay anywhere till midnight. I'm not that kind of party girl. I could not get enough of these two. Their energy is so magnetic. It is just intoxicating how incredible, positive, impactful they are, and the passion that they bring to these topics, which I asked you in a Q&A what questions you want them to answer. And I'm sure that you will not be disappointed. So you're going to love this episode. Without further ado, let's dive in. Oh my God, I finally have Ellie and Amy from Desire on Fire on my podcast. (laughs) After rescheduling this, you guys, if you only knew the fact that this was supposed to be recorded in May of 2022, it is December 19th, 2022. The amount of rescheduling that we have done to finally align this moment right here to get together and finally record this episode is 
a beautiful aligned miracle. How are you beautiful ladies? So good. So good. I'm really proud of us. I'm so <laughs> proud finally, of us. Finally making it here and trusting the divine timing of this hundred percent. Well, there's been a lot of life changes mm-hmm. for us. Ellie yeah. had a baby. That's why we rescheduled initially was she yeah. was going into labor. So <laughs> understandably we had to reschedule. Then came my labor, then came moves and life shifts and Airbnbs and this and that. And it was just like newborns, newborns, (laughs) sleep regressions. So finally we are here. I am so excited because I did a Q and A on my Instagram and I was like, okay, my really good friends, which if you guys knew, like from the very first start, our very first meeting together, like I just knew that I've known Ellie and Amy forever. We are soul sisters. We've had many past lives together. We just vibed. I think I left your guys's house or whoever's house you were staying at at the time yeah. at like midnight, which doesn't happen. My bedtime's 9 p.m. Yeah. Midnight doesn't hours. happen. <laughs> hours and hours, hours and hours. And I we weren't like, even close to done. That happened again with our last date recently. It was like, what do we only had like three hours? And it was like, not, not at enough. all. Okay. No, so I was like, this is hours. five. Yeah. I was like, this is five minutes. What, what's yeah. going on? I'm like, <laughs> not like five minutes. I well, know. I, I have been obsessed with these two for a long time. And it's um, about time that they came on the podcast. So I did a Q&A. And, um, you know, I shared that Amy and Ellie are intimacy experts and they can talk about all these topics. And 99% of you had topics or questions specifically to sex. So I can already tell where this episode is going. But before we get into all Mm -hmm. of that, I want the background story. How the hell did you guys wake up one day and say, this is what I want to do for a living? Like, I want to be an intimacy expert, intimacy coach. And I know you guys have shared the backstory, but it's been a while. I think it's been like a year and a half or even more since I've heard it. So I'm really excited to relive this. Like, how did you get into this work? Mm-hmm. Definitely didn't just wake up one day and no. decide. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I definitely never thought that we would be doing this. No. <laughs> Well, the, the, the truth, the, the truth is that we both needed the work that we now, mm. now teach yeah. and yeah. we were, we met, we were living in New York. This was over six years ago mm-hmm. and like we seven. were both, yeah, both really into personal growth. Doing Wait, all these how did events. you meet? We met originally at a goddess event. There yeah. was like a one day, of course. Goddess, of course, it was called Goddess on the Go. And it was like a goddess event in, in New York. And we met there, but just be, like didn't really drop in. We just like became Facebook friends. And I had a network marketing business and Amy was a life and business coach. Yeah. And I had a table at the event and she came up and we were chatting and we were like, you know, let's, let's be friends. And I wanted her on my team. And of course, I know of that. Course. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want Amy on your on your team? I um, wanted Amy smart. on my team, my yeah. beach body team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, exactly. So I started to build a relationship with her, and we went to yoga and smoothies, and we started to become friends. And then she moved to LA. We also met through another. Should we say landmark? Yeah. Yeah. I also met through, through landmark, a personal development company where we were doing courses and she moved to LA. I was in New York. And honestly, the, the basis of our relationship is we would complain about men. (laughs) Oh, wow. And we would, we would talk about our dating because we were both dating in New York in our, you know, early mid twenties. And we would be like, what? the fuck is up with all these guys and why can't we meet men on our level? Mm-hmm. St- standard complaint. Standard complaint. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. We're uh-huh. all, the all the good guys. Men. The conscious men. Where are the men that can handle us and like meet us? And yeah, it was, it was a complaining fest. And I think that's actually really common for a lot of women, right? Is, is bonding over complaining, regardless of if it's about men, but that's a common one, right? Um, complaining about what's not working, what we don't like, what we don't have and a, an easy target is men. And so that's what we would do. And it's funny because um, there was something else that about your story. Oh, okay. So, so what, what switched it is Ellie got into a relationship 
Um, and I don't know. I mean, the, the entire podcast could be that story. I love that story. Get a, a little story. bit into it. Just a we little actually, bit. Well, we need to do a podcast episode of you just telling your story because we had, don't yeah. even have that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, so I, I was in a relationship with, with a guy where I really struggled to be vulnerable. Like basically through the whole relationship, we were together for a year and I was not vulnerable the whole time. Like I never said the deeper things, right? Like I wanted him to pay when he took me out to dinner more. And like, I knew that I was wanting a partner, you know, and I never said any of those things. Mm -hmm. And finally I did. And it was very clear we weren't aligned and the relationship ended. And when it ended, it was very painful for me. And I knew it was, it was such a rock bottom. And I knew at that moment that I had work to do in this area. I was like, what is going on that I am having such a hard time, you know, asking for what I need, even knowing what I want and need. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, having these insecure, I had all these insecurities, which, which I hadn't really had before. It was kind of like they were louder, um, as I don't know, just as the relationship went on. So I was like, I need to do work around this. So I was living in New York, I found personal growth work focused on intimacy and sexuality and desire. Because the other thing is that the the, big area was where I was struggling is I couldn't have an orgasm. Mm. So I thought that I was broken. That's been a couple questions. So I definitely want you to expand on that because there's been at least like 20 of those around like, I can't do it. It's like, Uh, I get overwhelmed. Yes. Something stops me. I can't get there. I'm in a new relationship, old relationship, or just casually, you know, having sex and it just isn't happening. Yes. We can absolutely talk about that because it's a really big one. And, and overall, what I'll just say is our, our kind of culture is obsessed with climax Mm -hmm. and we'll get into that more because really initially how my journey started was I found this personal growth work you know, focused on intimacy and, and on orgasm. Literally I found, I'm not going to go into orgasm meditation. I was like, okay. So, um, yeah. And I, I discovered like a whole paradigm outside of this like goal obsessed sex that I had been in. Right. Cause I was so goal obsessed. I was like going in for it in my network marketing business. And I was doing all these you know, programs to like reach goals and crush it. I was a boss babe. And I was bringing that context into my sex Mm -hmm. and then thinking that it wasn't good or wasn't Mm -hmm. successful. Mm -hmm. But I was so in my head, like trying to have this thing happen that it was blocking it. So that's what, what started me on this journey. And I, I, it was, not easy to admit that I needed help in this area. I had a lot of shame and a lot of like, oh, I'm a successful, powerful woman. Like I shouldn't feel so broken Mm -hmm. in my sex and intimacy. And, you know, in our culture, sex is everywhere and no one's talking about it. Typically. It's like money. Money is the same way. Everyone deals with money, but no one wants to talk about it. So not mm-hmm. spoken about and so important. And we don't get that, as you know, right? Because this is a lot of what you teach people about, it, right? Like the skills and tools and perspectives and mindsets around money that we don't learn. Mm-hmm. It's the same with sex. You, there's actually like, a, we don't get real sex education in this no. country. Not that helps us have thriving, passionate, fulfilling sex lives. No, it's just like, don't get pregnant. Don't this get is how pregnant. you can get pregnant. Here's how you put a condom on and have fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, totally. So I, so, so I discovered this whole world and I just dove in. I was like, I need this. I did, you know, a million retreats and I did a, a coaching program and I was just so hungry for transformation. And I ended up meeting my husband, my now husband, Rob, and we Who is amazing by the way. Thank you. Really no, I loved him and Brennan getting to meet. It was so fun. And um, yeah, we just went on this really deep journey together, you know, total sexual, spiritual awakening for me um, and him. And after that, I was like, I've got to, I've got to guide other women on this path. And 
Amy can. And then I was seeing all this from the outside and I was like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) And why is she betraying our man hating club? (gasps) (laughs) Exactly. I felt so betrayed. And she posted about um, being in South Africa, which is where he was living. Her husband, Rob was living at the time. She went to visit him for two months. And I was like, who's this guy? I was like trying to stalk him. He doesn't even like have social media. So I was like trying to click him and there's nothing on the internet about him. Basically. I was like, doesn't even have a website. He's like a massively successful. I need to do a background check. (laughs) Right. Tried to do a background check. Couldn't failed. So I'm like, who's this guy and what's going on? And I called her and she just like, you need to look into this, this work, orgasmic meditation, tantra work, healing work around sex, healing work around transformation and, and, um, intimacy. I was like, okay. And I was just like resistant as hell. Cause I was the same way, very into personal development, had been doing it for years, but it was more in the realm of like communication goals, mindset, um, just like kind of like accountability, creating your life, like landmark Tony Robbins type type work, which was all amazing. And I loved it. But to go into this whole new realm, like Ellie said, of really sensitive work around my relationship, my body, my relationship, my sex, my relationship to men was so uh, intimidating. And like it, the idea of it was like humiliating to me. Like I really didn't mm-hmm. want to go there and I was desperate. Um, and you know, um, one of the things, one of the things that I've heard people say about transformation is that you come to transformation from either inspiration or desperation. And most of my transformation, transformational journey had been from inspiration. I'm like, yeah, that sounds good. Like we're all kind of like this, like any course or program or coach or healer, like, yeah. So a lot of the time sure. it's inspiration, right? But in this case, it had to be from desperation because I wasn't willing to go there until I was really desperate in my love life and sex life. And I just, I've been having drunk sex through college, like even, you know, having not drunk sex. It was like, I couldn't really ask for what I wanted. I wasn't in relationships with men. Like dating was really hard for me. I, I would always found things wrong with men and just was like, they can't handle me. And like, they don't know what they're doing and really saw them as like dumb and just had a a real attitude about men that I think is common in our culture that I really had to heal and shift. And now I see men so differently, but that, that was a long process. And one day you guys woke up and you decided to go in business with each other. Like, well, yeah, back to business. Cause that is really important to, to give the context, right? It wasn't just like, oh, well, we just woke up like this. We're just like multi-orgasmic Queens. Like we should teach people, you know? No, it was a real intense, excruciating at times journey to do this healing work ourselves. And we really invested like Ellie. I also just dove in and, um, did all the retreats and coaching programs and things. And, um, I was already a full-time coach. Like Ellie mentioned, she had a network marketing business. So we were already in the coaching personal development world, but we weren't teaching this. And so we started really slow. We led a retreat um, together. I was like, Ellie, do you want to go in on it together and create a retreat? And we did like a couple short online things that were like a few hundred bucks and just like trying things, right? This was in 2018. And so in 2018, we had our first retreat with seven women. It was amazing. And I mean, we were just like, holy shit. And there was, it was absolutely incredible and it deeply challenged us and incredible things came out of it. And we were on our own very intense retreat ourselves by leading it, which we are every time. I'm sure you experienced the same, Catherine. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and that was it. We really just, it, it was slow. It was gradual. Like we were doing it alongside of our already successful, very different businesses. And then, um, just started incorporating it more into my coaching. And I started doing group coaching programs for women who were coming to our retreats, but Ellie wasn't part of it because she was still doing network marketing. So it was like, I was coaching them in between. And then she was like, but what's happening in between? Like, I want to know. And, and so then we got to the point end of 2019. So a year later, we'd led three retreats at that point, almost four, we were going on our fourth and we were like, okay, we want to go all in on this together. We were ready and we really wanted to develop programs together and um, start, start teaching more women. And so we allowed our businesses to fall away, which is a whole other podcast conversation because that yep. was a huge initiation for both of us and went in on um, Desire on Fire together and really grew it during 2020, during the pandemic. Um, and then it just like really expanded, exploded from there. 
I think it was, when did I meet you guys? It was like the beginning of 2021. And I remember you were setting some like big goals for the year and like this and that and talking about, cause it was really kind of like the birth of this business and just watching how much it's grown in the last, what is it? Year and a half now, almost two years has been so mind blowing. You guys are so in your purpose and I love watching you thrive and what you're doing. I send everyone that I know, I'm like, you guys have to attend their event. Like I haven't been yet, but like you have, I just know what they're, what they're teaching there is so good because I just see the energy that you guys carry and like your true embodiment of your work. And you're such an inspiration in this realm of sexuality, sensuality, femininity, intimacy, which of course are all topics we're going to dive into today. But I just wanted to say like, how, what a joy and a privilege it is to know you guys and just to watch you like blossom and what you're doing. And it's the passion just exudes. So, um, I love what you, what did you share? What was the exact quote? Desperation or inspiration transformation comes out of desperation or inspiration, right? People come to, to transformational work from either inspiration. inspiration. I so resonate like I so resonate with both of those, especially the inspiration part. Cause we were just joking about like, yeah, let's just like do this or like, let's just work with that shaman or go to yeah. that retreat or that event, whatever. I'm so like that. Yeah. But looking back, it was desperation that got me into money mindset work because I remember yeah. it was this distinct panic attack I had around checking my bank account one random morning when I was still living in Washington state at my parents' house that just, I got this download of like, this is the work that's going to transform your life. You need to heal this anxiety that you feel around money. And it's been the foundation of everything that I do today. So I was like, yes, I love that. That resonates. Um, Both of you have mentioned that you've struggled, you know, asking for what you want. And I feel like this is just such a common theme amongst so many women and probably almost every single woman that you guys help that comes in struggles asking for what they want. Why is that even an issue? Why is it such an issue? Like, what do you have to say about that? Oh, oh man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> loaded that, topic. I know it is, no, it's, conversation. Such, it's a big one. And, and the way that we talk about it and teach about it is that really the biggest barrier to people, because both men and women struggle with this mm-hmm. um, in different ways, but really the biggest barrier is what we call our conditioning, right? So the beliefs, uh, uh, what else we call it? Yeah. Your conditioning, your programming, right? The, 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 um, perspectives or beliefs or, um, opinions that you take on from the media, your parents, religion, culture, right? All of these things that we are conditioned to believe are true. It's just the way that things are and our conditioning really impacts us in, uh, in especially women. Well, we, Ellie's absolutely right. Our conditioning deeply impacts men and women in many different ways around this kind of conversation of asking for what you want. But especially women, and we'll talk about that because we're women and we work with women that we get, we're really conditioned, right? From a young age, be good, be appropriate, be a good little girl. Don't act out. Don't ask for too much. Don't want too much. Don't, Don't be high maintenance. Don't be greedy. All of that. And so I'm just going to give a quick example because I think, I think stories are the, some of the most helpful ways to, to teach this. But um, so my husband and I met um, in, this was 2016, at a, we met at a retreat all about healing and desire. And I was 26 at the time. And I was so, I just got out, gotten out of this relationship and I was so disconnected from what I really wanted. And really what it was is I couldn't own it. Like I wanted to get married. I wanted a family, you know, and then other desires too, but those were two, you know, big ones. And instead of owning that and claiming it, I would, um, act like we, we call it acting like the cool girl. So being like, oh, I'm up for whatever. And like, yeah, I'm not looking for something serious. And, um, you know, okay. Oh, you live in Cape town. No problem. Like maybe we could visit each other once in a while. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm like, so into him and want so much more than that. Yeah. I know that. Wasn't able to claim it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, at the time we were, we were working with a coach and at one point she asked me, do you want to marry him? It was in, in a him, right? coaching sense, uh, setting. Yes. He was sitting right next to me in a retreat. I love this story. 
And I was so nailed. I felt so called out and, and also so able because of the kind of environment that, that we were in so able to really get in touch with my deeper desire, which I believe comes from our bodies. Desire is not a head thing. So often our heads are, that's where the conditioning comes from. That's where it lives, right? So like when we think about what we want, we're like, oh, I want a promotion. Or, you know, at the time I was like, oh, I want to get to the top of my network marketing company. And I want to you know, have a cool apartment and, you know, these like head desires that were not coming from my deepest, the deepest part of me, my soul, which, which I believe is where, where true aligned desire comes from. Mm -hmm. And so in that moment, I, for the first time, I really got in touch with that deeper part of myself. And in that moment, she was just like, hell yeah. Is that an option? Like, yes, I want, I like felt so clear and was able to speak it and say it in front of him. And he, a bachelor who never thought he was going to get married, had so much conditioning for him around marriage and like, oh, I don't even believe in marriage. And I don't even know if I want to get married and all of that. And he heard and felt my truth, my desire in that moment, and was what something woke up in him. And he has what he calls the greatest surrender of his life and got down on one knee and proposed. Right then and there. Right then and there. Uh There was a bit more like, like the coach asked me to share what our our marriage was going to be, what I wanted our marriage to be about and like why I wanted to marry him. And these beautiful things just came out of me. And so that is really, I think a lot of the time in my experience, when I couldn't connect to what I really wanted, it was because of all the shit on top of it and really not believing I could have it, not believing I was worthy of it, not believing that like being afraid of rejection or someone saying no, or that I, you know, couldn't have it. So there's a lot that goes into it. It's not a simple, you know, answer, but this is why we love doing this work because it tends to be like, you know, I, I picture it like when you meet a woman, it's like, we're seeing the tip of the iceberg. And then when we get into what is really in there down deep and what she wants, it's like this rich kind of cavern of possibilities that, um, just need some permission to to start to come out. Yeah. For anyone that's currently in the, I hate men club, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a long time, lifetime members, maybe, or someone who's had a shitty experience with a man, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and it just all of a sudden soured them. Like what, what do you want to say to them? What advice do you have for them and how can they start the healing process with um, healing their relationship to the masculine and for example, a masculine man. That is a journey. I, I come um, with big questions. This is, this I is love a- these questions. I'm like, cause the honest thing that comes up for me when you ask that is like, you got a shitload of work to do, you know, not you, but like wh- whomever is asking that. Yeah. Right. Because, and it doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to be like anguish work, but like there, it's just that, and this is, and this could just be my limiting belief, but like from my personal experience and seeing other women go through this, it's like, we have so much conditioning to work through and, and healing and forgiveness that we have to access, not only for ourselves and from men in our lives, our direct experiences, but our lineages of women and what women have experienced at the hands of men and men have experienced things at the hands of women. Absolutely. Like there is so much that we all need to heal men and women. Um, and so I would say like, well, I'm like, do our work, <laughs> sign up for desire on fire courses and events, but, um, anything that, that calls to whoever is listening to this and wants to be on this journey of healing their relationship to men, there are so many incredible teachers and authors and, and coaches who speak about this and, and healing our relationship to the masculine. And I mean, I have done so much work around this with many different teachers, but also in, um, plant medicine ceremonies and in reading and in just choosing in my experiences with men to find what I love about them and to find and, and, um, 
and emphasize and uh, like focus on their genius, their brilliance, their wisdom, because men always have a good reason for what they're doing, even if they're, and so do, so do women, but speaking of men right now, we, they always have a good reason for what they're doing. And sometimes we're just like, how could that thing that they're doing have a good reason, especially when it's something that seems really traumatic or impactful or harmful, but often it can be, it could be if it's harmful or painful sourced from their own trauma or from their, their own defense mechanism or, or per, per, um, protecting, protecting themselves or their family or someone. And they feel that they need to do that as a result. So it's been a real practice for me to um, really find the genius and brilliance in each man and what he's doing. And that has been, that has taken work because I would automatically default to what we see in our culture and our media all the time. Men are dumb, men are idiots, men are reckless, men are um, irresponsible. Yeah, yeah, they're they're all of we these only things. want one thing. Right. They yeah. only they only care about sex. They're cheaters, they're they're um unreliable, right? They're they're only motive, you know, driven by one thing. All of these stories that we take on about men. And that was really harmful for me to believe all of that. And it really impacted my my relationships with men. So um, so I would say say yes to anything that comes across your path that is that does feel aligned for you that would support you in healing your relationship with men and um and practice finding the things that you love that you appreciate that you are turned on by that you are um you know in awe of inside of the men around you and focus on those things and see what unfolds from there and what ma- magic you know ensues there's so many similarities between this kind of work and money work because mm-hmm. I like to personify money and make it a relationship that you are in. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the same, um, you know, phrases that you guys are mentioning, like the conditioning of like, you know, men are unreliable and scummy mm-hmm. and cheaters and only want one thing. It's like the same thing with money. Money's dirty. Money's evil. It's greedy if you have it. But everyone fucking wants it. That's, right, that's right. what's fucked up is everyone yeah. wants more intimacy <sighs> Yes, amazing exactly. relationship. And I know we're just speaking right now on heterosexual relationships between a yes. man and a woman, but this applies to, cause we have feminine 100%. and masculine energy, you that, know, well, in all that, of us. And but also we all interact with men absolutely. all the time. Yes. So even yes. if you don't date men, you work with men, likely you have men in your family. Exactly. You know, right? Interact exactly. With men all over. And it's so kind of like, look, Sorry, keep going. No, just massively improve the quality of your life, regardless of who you date. It's kind of like looking at like money, but there's different currencies. Like I could be handling yen, I could be handling euros, I could be handling dollars, but it's still like we're all in a relationship with money. So I love that you mentioned that. Even if you are female dating females um, or feminine dating feminines, you are still like you're still interacting with men. So I love that. Such a great point. Amy, remind me, are you currently in a relationship or not? No. So, so I'm how dating. has great. Cause there's a lot of dating questions too, from single women. Like how has dating been different for you before this healing work and yeah. now after, and what tips and tricks and hacks <laughs> and stuff do you have from, from this new awakened perspective? Sometimes I wonder if I'm awakened. Um, no, I, I, I say that jokingly because I, I still find I am challenged by dating and, and I have new challenges with it now. Right now, I love men. Now I really respect men. I have a lot of reverence for men and I still can get tripped up in my own patterns. Now I can have my own, like a new version of what I had before of like, well, what if they're, you know, what I'm like more open-minded, more willing to, you know, relate with different people, but then I'm more specific and clear about what I want. Like, I know I want a man very into personal development, you know, who, who's like entrepreneurial minded and ideally location independent, like these are other things that can be limiting, right? So what I've been practicing and working with since getting to Austin is like letting go of some of those, um, things that, that did seem like non-negotiables to me. Like we, like we've had many, many extensive conversations, Ellie and I, and with Rob, her husband, because he's really a, such a beautiful stand for me to have a relationship. And I want to be clear, like our conversations, because he's also a coach, are not pretty. They are really painful. They're really uncomfortable. I've cried and screamed and like really resisted these conversations. Um, and 
And the entire time, I'm so grateful for Rob's stance and his commitment to me having what I want. And this is a perfect example because in the past I would have been victimized by, it. I would have been like, fuck this guy. Why is he trying to, why is he trying to stop me from having the things that I want? Why is he like trying to um, take off the things from my list that I, that I am clear that I like that I've gotten clear about that I deserve. And I would have been victimized by that and demonizing Rob for doing this, for doing this to me, for like being like, well, you shouldn't, you don't need to worry about having that or that. Right. And now I'm like, I fully receive it when we talk about this. I'm like, wow, he's really providing for me. He's really showing me what I could let go of. What is not necessary for me to have as a preference, like I'm where I'm clinging to my preferences versus what I actually want. What's going to really make me happy, which might not look like my preferences. So I think that's an important place for people to look. Where are you stuck inside of your preferences versus what's actually important to you? And so one of them is like, I talked about like wanting to have a partner who makes as much money as I do or more. And, and like, really what it is, is I just want somebody who has a really good relationship to money that has a healthy relationship to money that values abundance. Right. And I'm not attached to him making what I make or more, but it's like, I want him to be abundant and have really worked on his relationship with to money. And we had to have a really intense conversation about that because Rob's like, you know how many men like in the age of 32 to 44, like actually make more than you make? Like, can we talk about this? And, you know, and I can go into, well, but it doesn't matter the percentage because I can attract like, and even if it is the 0.2%, right? Um, but what I really got from that is like, a releasing the form. And we talk about this a lot in our work, which is like your desire. You might think, oh, I want to have a white Mercedes, da, 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 da. But actually you probably want like whatever the deeper desire is, is like a safe car, a, maybe a car that you feel abundant in, that you feel like, a, like your, your highest self in that you feel that you, right. Like that you love driving. Now it might be a different form that you end up receiving, but is it the deeper desire that's getting fulfilled? Maybe it's not the white Mercedes, but you're yeah. still getting the deeper desire fulfilled. And so that's what I'm, I'm still in this, in this practice. I am, I am an intimacy coach and I am an amazing teacher around intimacy and relating. I'm not a dating coach. Dating is a whole other game. And so I am just as in that process as, as other people in the dating game and working with myself and my own patterns and mechanisms that come up to, to, um, what sabotage or block me or limit me. Um, and I have to keep, I'm getting worked by this right now because I do want to step into a relationship and I do feel so ready to, and I'm great. I got the tools for being in the relationship and I'm like the dating part. Oh my God. Like it's just a whole, it's a good edge for me. So I'm practicing that right now and practicing my mindset work around feeling magnetic and deserving and like wanting the attention from men receptive to men's attention and being able to welcome that and receive that in casual settings and also, you know, in dating settings. Something I love about your Instagram is you will literally post the pictures of the guys yeah. that you're dating and like chronicle, like what's going on and yeah. the conversations that you guys are having. So I love that. Like I, I do see you really embodying, like you said, you're an intimacy coach, but not a dating coach. But I just, I love that because that just makes you so much more relatable and also shows people how you can take the intimacy work and put it into the dating. Yeah, um, totally. Have the dating work for you. Absolutely. And I'll just add that I, I, I I'm not sure you're giving yourself enough credit because I'm like, I've watched you transform in your dating and how you initiate, you know, well, just change. I'm just in it right now. So I'm just being really honest. Right. And I I do want to hear this, but this is how we are. Like, we are very honest. We're not Mm -hmm. just like, Oh, our sex life and love lives are so perfect. Like we are amazing at teaching what we've learned, but we're in no way perfect. And I think that's what is really relatable about us, that people trust us and want to work with us because mm-hmm. we reveal what we are going through, that we are still human and actively always working on these things and pushing our own edges and learning um, to release our own patterns to have what we want. It's so like, it's like a manifestation coach who's still struggling to manifest her goddamn house. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I get it. Exactly. Well, we're always you in get the practice. It. We are. And, yeah. and Amy has come such a long way in her dating, you know, from what it used to be and your ability to ask for what you want and like to, to be expressed and free when you're having sex and to have to set up having sex consciously and powerfully so that 
you know, you're not, we, we say that a lot of people are drunk driving through their sex lives. And we teach a lot of like practices and how to have the conversations ahead of time so that you can feel really safe and free. Um, when the, when the time comes, you know, if you do want to be intimate with someone, so, you know, you've come a really long way and, you know, Okay. And we're always evolving. And this is a good one because thank you for that reflection. And I appreciate it. Cause I am just so in a, in a specific spot with it right now, being in Austin, having just moved here. And, um, another little thing, I, I think I got, heard both of these at landmark, but that I just love is, um, they say yesterday's breakthrough is today's ego trip. Ooh. And so it's so easy to forget how you were right. And we deal with this a lot with our clients that they're like, but I don't have this yet. And we're like, remember when you didn't have all of this that you now have, and we just yeah. are on the things that we don't have or haven't transformed yet. And that I kind of can, I can feel that in this moment. Cause I, I rock it in, in my loverships and in my, in my new relationships or in the, when I am dating, like I I'm like really vulnerable and I'm real. And I just had this relationship, situationship, lovership for three months. And like, he literally was like my life. He's like my life, my world, my relationships with women are forever transformed from dating you for three months. And, and I, I forgot, you know, I mean, like, I, I know that I am like an amazing partner and lover and, and it's so true. Ellie is saying, I appreciate that Ellie, um, because I really use the tools in my relating and in my, in my loverships. And it's like, I, it's just the spot I'm in right now of like even d- meeting, right. It's the meeting first yeah. I'm in the city and I, and it's like actually meeting men first. Then once I'm interested in someone and actually like connecting and dating and relating and having him as a lover or a partner that is, is so powerful and fun and really growthful for me. But this is just the spot I'm in today. Mm. Okay. Let's dive into sex. <laughs> I think it's time because Great. I had a question for, um, Ellie. And then I was like, we can just go into that topic because there are some new moms here, me included, uh, a lot of questions about that. Like how do we go into that world after a baby? Because a baby brings so much change into our lives. All of a sudden there's this little human that is so much more needy than the most neediest man on this planet. You know what I mean? Like they're just literally attached to us. And so all of a sudden it's like we have a household with, let's say you have a singleton, there's three of you and there's someone who's literally always attached to mom. And then like having a relationship between mom and dad, it just, it it adds a bit of a complexity, but it's not impossible. So I'm just curious, like what has that journey looked like for you, Ellie? And then what, um, tips you have for anybody who is a new mom or are new parents or struggling with initiating that intimacy or just like finding the time for it or finding the energy for it. Maybe they just have too great of expectations placed on themselves because societally we think that just because it's safe for you to do so at six weeks postpartum doesn't mean that that's when you should be doing it or actually feel the desire to. So go into that a little bit. Yeah, yeah totally. or a lot. <laughs> yeah. I have I have another friend who's uh, also does this kind of work and she just had a baby. And she was sharing that having sex for the first time post baby was like she felt like a virgin again. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Right? It's like kind of that uh-huh. energy. It's like the, you we as the mamas are reborn too. Mm, yes. And so I loved that kind of perspective because it gave me so much permission to like go slowly. Mm-hmm. Like think about if you were, if you were thinking of it, like losing your virginity again, um, what would you do? You know, how would you set the space? How would, would you like get a babysitter, you know, so that you could have space? Cause the worst is like trying to rush this yeah. really intimate, you know, sensitive thing. And if you're feeling that way, like, Oh, this is just so raw. And like, you know, um, kind of intimidating maybe, and feels like, ah, dude, like I just want to avoid it. You're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's definitely a lot of giggles. The first yeah, time it happened. Totally. <laughs> I think totally a teenager. <laughs> like now we're mom and dad. I mean, there's so, there's so much I could say about this, but, um, now we're mom and dad doing yeah. kinky things, <laughs> dirty things. Totally. Our mom and dad's allowed to do this. <laughs> Yeah, but just like slowing it down. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I think too, 
one of, one of the things I love to talk about is just how our, how our culture is like obsessed with penis and vagina sex. Mm-hmm. That's like mm-hmm. what we think of as sex is like penetration. And, um, there's, I think of sex, like a pie chart. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and P and V is like one little slice. And then there's all of this other, these other ways to connect and explore and be intimate. And, and I think, uh, I mean, each person's different. Some people love P and B and they're like, I'm good. Like that's all I need. Yeah. And most people I find have, have other desires that we tend not to make space for, give permission for, because it's not the, you know, norm of what we've been taught to believe that sex is. So, so I, I love talking to people about starting with kind of the, the other parts of the pie, right? Like touch and slowing down and like connecting verbally is so important to me. I mean, my husband and I, right now we are in a phase because, because sex just has not been happening is we're like, we need to be taught. We actually need to be talking more mm-hmm. like we and, we, and we've been sitting down and kind of having these not big chunks, right? Cause we don't have big chunks, but like <laughs> yeah. little half an hour and we have a hot tub at our house. And so we like go out into the hot tub and set a timer and like really talk about what's getting in the way. And it has been really interesting because there's a lot, you know, we had our baby seven months ago and there's just all kinds of new stuff going on in our lives, like body insecurities and, um, you know, work stuff and like things that aren't necessarily that I wouldn't think of immediately are blocking this, you know, sex from happening, but they are. And so we're, we're just in this. And I think, yeah, we're just in this phase right now of like really giving ourselves the space to connect and clear some of this stuff that is getting in the way. Um, I think of it like a glass shield between us. And it's like, what is on the glass becoming a block between our connection. And um, so I highly recommend that. And then I just think, I mean, then it beyond that, it's just the logistics. It's like, for sure. And you get a babysitter. Like, are you having a date night? Like this is life now, right? It's not just probably going to organically happen. You're not just both going to be feeling it may turned have to on, be scheduled. It yeah. may very well have to be scheduled and that is okay. Right. And, and, um, I think again, there's so much stuff about like, it needs to be, um, spontaneous. And, you know, we love when sex is spontaneous, but if we're waiting for that, it's like literally never going to happen. So how can you set yourselves up well and have space for yourself that is just for the two of you and not about the baby? I would say at least once a week, if not twice, you know, ideally three times, if you, if you can, because your relationship as the parents is going to create the blueprint for your kid or your kids. I mean, that's just the, 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 the the thing. So for us, it's like, it has become more challenging, but it's also become more important Mm -hmm. because we're like, we know that if we are not connected and, and especially sexually connected, what are we modeling for our family? Like what kind of, like our marriage is the best kind of I think legacy, we can live our, leave our kids, the quality of our relationship. That is what I want to pass on. And so it, it has to be a priority and it does take work and, you know, figuring things out so you can, so you can have that. Oh, such a good answer. I can totally relate to all this. Something that helped me. And I don't know if this will help someone else listening is that, you know, like even scheduling it, does for me put this pressure of like, oh my God, if it didn't happen, Mm -hmm. then it's like a failed meeting. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like the meeting didn't happen. Like first, like you just, there's some sort of a label that comes on, comes on with it. And like, there's a pressure behind it. So -hmm. for me, it's like, even if it is scheduled, even if there is like a planned time for me, it's like, let's just see where it goes. Like, let's just start by talking and just looking yeah, into each exactly. other's eyes and just mm-hmm. hugging and asking how the day was and decompressing. And then typically it will lead to that. But I find that it's more, it, it happens more often when the pressure isn't there. It's like, all right, take your pants off. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. my God, 100%. <laughs> yes. 
Kevin, did, did yes. you guys experience that? That you had like planned it and you're just like, how do we even start this? Oh like, yeah, like, I was like, uh, <laughs> it's like when you're like on like dating someone new and you're like, yeah. Ah. Yeah. Like first, yeah. That's, that's honestly since we had bears, my son. That's been the hardest part is the the like starting of it. Yeah, we, it's like we're in such different feels, roles right now. Yeah, in, in such different such- energy, and it's like, oh my god, okay, it feels like such a shift to get into totally. Um, you know that mode. Yeah, but but I it's think so it's, worth it. It's an important it. point that you're making Catherine and I recommend this to people. I mean, regardless of if they just had a baby or not, but if they are wanting more intimacy and, or they're feeling, feeling like they're too busy is, is creating intimacy dates and just having that time, having it on the calendar, even if you do have to move it, but like knowing that it's there and that you're committed to it, both of you. Um, and then exactly that, like not taking the goal out of it. Penetration does not have to be the goal. Maybe you don't even take your clothes off. I personally am very energetic. I love energy play. So keeping clothes on touching each other, like that is so hot to me. And so whether it's just talking or eye gazing or just like feeling each other, how's your heart? What's going on for you? What's alive for you? Um, slowing down enough to talk about that is often you're not because you're just going through the day, you're handling the diapers, you're handling work or whatever. Mm-hmm. And to slow down enough to actually feel each other and your hearts and where you're at, then it does create some spaciousness and maybe some aliveness or electricity that can flow into maybe just energy play, maybe touching, maybe sex, maybe not, but it actually you're, you're prioritizing your relationship, which is so important, like Ellie said, and allowing what wants to unfold to unfold. Let's go back to the original sex question that, or um, topic that I brought up at the very beginning of this episode, which is women struggling to orgasm. Um, because that was at least like, again, I, there's only, there was only two hours before we started recording this for people to ask their questions. And I was just uh, so amazed and a little bit surprised. And I was like, wow, these are like 99% about sex. And then Mm -hmm. there's at least 20 people, um, in here who are like, I, I really struggle. I can't get to an org. Like, for example, I literally screenshot one right here. I can't get to an orgasm with my boyfriend. When I'm near, I get overwhelmed and need to stop. Mm-hmm. So what, like what's going on here? Why does this happen? How can they overcome it and experience yes. this for the first time? Do you want to answer? Do you want to well, I have some ideas, but you're the one that you yeah, to learn to orgasm. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just say, okay, so a few things. So one, <laughs> I never had a problem orgasming, but I had all sorts of other problems. So don't worry. <laughs> we all have our places that we have to grow. <laughs> okay. So, so a few, so, okay. So number one, my biggest recommendation around this is for women to have a self-pleasure practice. Yeah. Same. And this is what I didn't have before. And so I did masturbate, but I would like use a vibrator and I was kind of like uncomfortable about it. And I just, it was like fast and, you know, just this like really cheap. Yeah. And no real contact with, with my, I'm chiming in, but just no real contact with my body. It was just like, oh, vibrator, climax, done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No yeah. real relationship to my body or my pussy. We, we use the word pussy. And so this was huge for me to, cause a lot of people, well, a lot of women are like, you know, I want to have orgasms or I want to have more orgasms and I want my partner to slow down. And I want, you know, I want all these things. And it's like, that's beautiful. And can you slow down with yourself? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't me neither. It was too uncomfortable. And can you do it soberly? And can you, right? Like how long can you stay present while giving yourself pleasure? Mm-hmm. And so this was a massive journey. Do you, have a, do you need any? Do you need Sorry, this? hold on, mama. Yeah. I'll walk with you. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> Sorry. My no mom worries. just stood in front of me and I was like, there's an emergency yeah. with the baby because why is oh, she yeah. in front of me? <laughs> Sorry. No worries. Um, where do we leave off? How long can um, you stay present? Yeah. How baby? long can you stay present while, you know, experiencing pleasure? Because if you're anything like me, right? I still have to work on this all the time. Yeah. It's like my capacity for pleasure actually isn't that big. You know, it's gotten more and more as I've been on this journey and as I've practiced it, but my mind will take me out of it. And that's often what's happening, right? It's like your partner will start pleasuring you and you're like, 
yeah, you get overwhelmed or you, you check out or what do I need to get at the grocery store vulerable and yeah. intimate to receive that you create much. like a finish line. Also, I know this is something I struggled with is like, Oh my God, am I taking too long? Like, is he yes. hired? Is there a finish yeah, line of some sort that I need to get like starts the timer? Yeah. It's like once that starts to happen, there's a timer in your mind. This doesn't yeah. happen anymore for me. But like, I remember specifically my struggle with it, with a partner or not by myself, but with a partner was always like, oh, it's taking too long. There's a timer. It has to happen. And it just created all this pressure and force, which just never leads to that ever. Yeah. I think this is a really, this is where taking climax off the table or, or taking it like out of the running for the goal, or like it isn't the goal is so important and so valuable, both in partnered practice and solo practice. So when you are with yourself, like having, first of all, I would say for women that want to climax and and have orgasms and can't, I would say stop using a vibrator. If you are using a vibrator, uh, at least Mm -hmm. for a time being, right. And not, we are not anti-vibrator in any way, Mm -hmm. but to actually just take time to develop a self-pleasure practice without needing climax, just Mm -hmm. getting to know your pussy. We're actually in a program. We're in a course right now. We're constantly in our continuing education. Um, as I know you are too, Catherine, always learning. And we are in a course right now, all about the G spot. Literally it's an entire course only about the G spot and about squirting and female female ejaculation. ejaculation. So we're learning about that, like so deeply, like the history and the anatomy and like all of these things right now, because we haven't, we have done a lot of courses specifically around the clitoris, but we haven't done a lot of courses or or a lot of education around the G spot. So we're learning more and more about our own bodies, our own pussies, our own pleasure centers. And, um, I think that's important to self-discover and to discover in partnership and slowing down. Um, we teach a lot of these tools in our programs, our flagship programs called pleasure mastery. And in pleasure mastery, we do guided self-pleasure calls. We give the women in our program tools for asking for what you want and asking for what you need. We have co-ed, a co-ed session where they can bring their partners if they want and mm-hmm. giving them tools to practice, like, for example, doing things like a versus B. And so you can do something like, you know, I can, I'm like, I'm doing this visually right now, but like I'm rubbing Ellie's arm and then I'm pinching Ellie's arm. Right. And then I ask her a or B, which one do you like? Same thing. If your man or woman or whoever you date or have sex with is, you know, eating your pussy, licking your pussy. And it's like, okay, I'm going to do this kind of like suctiony thing. And then I'm going to do a light licking or touching which one a or B, which one's more mm, sensational. So good. So yeah. Little mm. tools like that can make such a difference, but we don't practice these things. We don't know. We don't know what to do. So we're just like in bed. Like, I know I don't really like this, but I'm not really sure what to ask for. Right. And then having simple tools like this to just explore together, you can do it with yourself. This is called body mapping. It's like mapping. And, and this is something I learned from one of my teachers, Jaya, who's a sexologist. And she's like mapping, like how much sensation and pleasure you can, you can experience in different parts of your body with different, you know, touches, pressures, intensities, things like that. So there's a lot to discover about our own bodies and with a partner. Um, and it really helps to slow down and to have some practices and tools to just try new things, discover like you're, you know, young and discovering bodies for the first time. This is so good. You guys, I'm going to ask one more question. And then I encourage each and every single one of you to go into their courses, go follow them on Instagram. This is like such life-changing stuff. And I'm so excited for every single woman who leaves this podcast and enters your world and has their Mm -hmm. entire relationship with themselves and their partners and their bodies like completely transformed. I'm just so excited for them. So my last question is, Um, another sex one. Let me just quickly pop this one in, which is (laughs) if someone isn't feeling physically passionate towards their partner, can it be cultivated? There's a couple of long-term relationship um, questions where like they just, they just either lost physical attraction or it's just not as exciting anymore or whatever it is. Like, is this something that's gone forever or Mm -hmm. is this something that can be cultivated again? Yeah. Great question. So here's the thing. The fact is relationships are hard. That's (laughs) it. And the kind of the, the, the mind fuck about relationships is that when you are in a new relationship, biologically, there's a whole hormonal cocktail going on that is designed to make us 
fall head over heels, like attraction in love so that we will procreate and continue on as a species. Like it's actually biologically set up in us. And then once, you know, a certain amount of time has passed, often once you've had a, had a kid or two, biologically, it's like that, that goes away. We're we're not, it doesn't keep going because it's like, oh, nature's job is, is done here. Yes. And so, right. And so it does take, I, I, I hate to say work because it makes it sound like, you know, drudgery, which it doesn't have to be. It makes it sound like you're paying your taxes. Oh honey, I'm just paying my taxes in bed today. (laughs) But I, but I think it, it, like the way that I would describe it is it can take leaning in where you are resistant. Yes. And for every couple, it's going to be different because every couple has different patterns that play out. And we tend to choose people who we get to work shit out with. So some people, it is their physical attraction is Mm -hmm. the thing that gets in the way. Some people, it's emotional stuff that comes up. It's you name it, right? It's like every couple has their shit. That's just, you know, you won't meet a couple that doesn't. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so hopefully that normalizes it for people where like whatever struggle you're facing in your long-term relationship, it is there to help you evolve. Like long-term relationships are really meant to be a, and if you're in one, you know this, right? It's like there for our growth. That is why we make these contracts with, with people, why we, we say we hire people into our lives, into our world to teach us. And so whatever it is for you, whether it's like, and everybody who's in a relationship, it will have just popped up in your mind, right? It's like the, the thing that you're like, oh, this is the thing about them that like bugs me a little bit, or this is the barrier for me or whatever. And it's like, that is your work to do. Mm -hmm. And so, so, um, you know, my husband and I have this coming up right now. He's like this, this is my pattern in relationships. Like I'm really into the person at first. And over time I kind of lose that initial, you know, attraction and sex. I don't look at you now and want to have sex with you. And so then I'm like, you know, like, I don't have the, like, I feel like it's, it's a barrier for me. You know, I'm not just walking around like, Oh my God, I want to fuck you. And Mm -hmm. it's lock and key with my wound and trigger, which Mm -hmm. is, I feel like not desirable. (sighs) And it's so, it's such a like little girl, right? Like wound of like not feeling beautiful or not feeling wanted Mm -hmm. or desirable. And so this is our work to do in our relationship. And so this is, this is what we're talking about when we go out into the hot tub, you know, sharing these things we don't want to say to each other, getting Mm -hmm. real with each other. And on the other side of these difficult conversations is where the attraction comes. Mm -hmm. Bam. The truth is the greatest aphrodisiac, but you have to be willing to say we say, be willing to say the thing that would end the relationship. That is a, that is a, um, what that could, that could, right. That could end the relationship. That is a, um, you know, advanced game, but in my experience, it is, it is what keeps the relationship alive because if we have these, you know, things we're not saying and thing, you know, these barriers and over time, like that is what leads people to cheat or, you know, fantasize about other people or leave or think, oh, I, I can go find this, you know, something better with someone else. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that's the case, but often you'll just go create the same thing with another person. I love that. The truth is an aphrodisiac. Mm -hmm. Oh, so such a great note to end this on such a Mm -hmm. nice little mic drop right at the end. Um, Amy and Ellie, thank you so much for coming on here. This has been such a pleasure and a joy, and I feel so satisfied with <laughs> finally completing the cycle of all of these reschedulings that led to the, uh, what, in my humble opinion, the most perfect podcast episode ever. Mm-hmm. Where can people find you, work with you? What programs do you have? What can people sign up for? Just lay it all out for Amazing. them. Yeah. Well, thank you for all of that, that you just said. And I feel the same way. And I've loved this conversation. And I know that we could have gone on for five more hours, but it's okay. Totally. Um, <laughs> uh, but so we're on Instagram. Um, I just are each of us, we have our own Instagrams. They're just our full names. So at Amy Batuski and at Ellie Montgomery. And then we have our shared company and community Instagram, which is at desire on fire. We're desire on fire.com. And, um, 
we're not really doing anything right now, honestly, that's open to, that's open to new, new well, things for the future. For the future. Yeah, we do. We, we, our favorite thing is live events. So yeah. we host an annual event with three to 500 women. And this year it will be in Austin most likely. So that's where we are right now. Um, we may do, well, we may do one in the spring. Oh yeah. 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 We actually are going to do, it's probably gonna be different though. So yeah. we're like really in the creating mode right now and getting I love really it. turned on and excited about like doing more in-person events, large scale events that more women can come to. So yeah, probably look out for something in the spring and definitely one in the fall. Um, but yeah, the best way is just to keep up with us on, on, um, Instagram. Perfect. And I will link all of that in the show notes. Thank you you so much for being here. And with that being said, I will catch you guys in the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review on iTunes so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra inspiration on Instagram by following at Manifestation Babe or visiting my website at manifestationbabe.com. I love and adore you so much and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and manifest some magic.